Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my name is Sabina Brennan. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Super Brain Booster Shot. On Monday, I chatted to Anne Griffin. We explored many of life's big issues through the eyes of Morris, the 84-year-old narrator of her debut novel, When All Is Said. In this week's Booster, I thought that it might be interesting to explore what we mean by ageing. We all know what ageing is, don't we? Or do we? (laughs) Well... We're certainly familiar with the outward signs of ageing, such as greying hair and wrinkling skin. Even if we haven't experienced these manifestations yet ourselves, thanks to advertising, we can't help but know about them or at least know what product to buy to prevent or hide these terrible abominations that await our older selves. It's a bit of an understatement to say that in Western society we've become obsessed with counting up the years since birth. Is ageing really just about that? Is it really just about our chronological age? Certain life exposures and life choices mean that your biological age might actually be greater or even less than your chronological age. This means that the age of your body and the age of your brain might be greater or less than your numerical age as a consequence of numerous factors, such as whether you smoke, whether you exercise, whether you eat a healthy diet. Maybe the status of our health is more relevant to ageing than our chronological age. Over a lifetime, it's usual to have survived a number of infections. And as we get older, we're at increased risk of medical conditions and chronic diseases. Is ageing just illness then? The accrued effects of illness or the increased risk of illness? If that's the case, mustn't that mean that we have at least some control over the ageing process when we make choices that influence our health and our exposure to risk of illness and disease? I think that's kind of an empowering thought. Maybe when we talk about ageing, we're talking about our changing role in society. As we progress through life, our roles change and society expects us to behave and be treated in ways appropriate to these roles. We move from being someone's infant to being a student, um, then an employee. Uh, Maybe we'll become someone's boss, someone's mum, someone's dad, uh, aunt, uncle, grandparent and so on. For many roles in society, there are age expectations. For example, we expect an athlete to be generally under the age of 30 and we might expect a court judge to be double that age. So is ageing really just about the roles that we play in society? Society often imposes arbitrary age restrictions that prevent us from engaging in certain activities or enforcing us to cease specific activities. 
Depending on the country or the culture, you might not be legally entitled to marry, to vote, to have sex or to drink alcohol until you've reached the age of 16, 17, 18 or 21. Retirement is a concept that's hugely associated with age. Where many people perfectly capable of continuing to contribute to the workforce are prevented from doing so once they hit 65 um, or maybe 67 or in some cases earlier 55 based on nothing other than an arbitrary decision about retirement age made by Otto von Bismarck back in 1883 when expected or the average lifespan was a lot younger than it is now. Our responsibilities and our sense of worth can also change with societal roles. And this influences the way we think. So is ageing really about conforming to societal expectations? Do we sometimes act older than we really are? Or actually, do we sometimes act younger than we really are? We don't have to conform to societal expectations by slowing down and by taking it easy. We can acknowledge the reality that we are not only capable of doing more, we could actually seek opportunities to contribute to society and to feel useful. Challenge is absolutely critical for brain health. So too is exercise. And by engaging in both those activities, we can rejuvenate our brain. We can make our brain actually younger. And from about the age of 30, we often cut back on challenging ourselves through learning new things or having new experiences. And often we roll back on the amount of physical exercise and team sports, etc., that we engage in. So perhaps that sort of is accelerating the ageing process also. So what do we really mean by ageing? Well, it's probably everything that I've mentioned. Ageing just doesn't suddenly start at 65. It's been going on your entire life. How you age is dependent on a multitude of factors, some beyond your control and others very much within your control. We all age in very different ways. The ageing process is influenced by so many factors, including our medical history, our genetic heritage, the society that we live in, our economic status, our life experiences and the things that we've been exposed to. Even how we perceive ourselves and our attitude to ageing influence how we age. As a consequence of this interplay between these dynamic factors, the ageing process doesn't follow the same trajectory for everybody. This means that factors like your mother's diet, the quality of the air that you breathe, the length of your telomeres, which are the protective tips on the end of your DNA, and even whether you have a positive or negative view of ageing, will influence the path that ageing takes. So what happens in your brain as you age? Well, the overall size of your brain shrinks. For most of your adult life, you lose about 0.2% of brain volume every year. In the latter part of your life, the rate of that volume loss increases to just under 0.5% per year. In neurodegenerative disease like Alzheimer's, the rate of volume loss is doubled compared to people the same age who don't have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. On average, between the ages of 30 and 90, you can expect to lose a third of your hippocampus, which is going to affect your ability to learn and remember, a quarter of your cerebral white matter, and that can affect the speed at which you process information, um, and 14% of your cerebral cortex, which is the crinkly bit. Um, Now, atrophy in the cerebral cortex isn't uniform. Actually, your frontal lobe is much more affected, but the brain functioning that will be affected will depend on the area that is losing volume. 
All this talk about loss and shrinking with age sounds a bit gloomy. But the more we're learning about the ageing brain, the more we're coming to understand that even though brain shrinkage is progressive, this brain atrophy, atrophy is just another word really for shrinking or dying off of tissue, um, it can be slowed or even reversed through lifestyle changes. So that makes perfect sense, given that the atrophy is closely related to cardiovascular disease, to obesity, to diabetes, to poor sleep habits and to poorly managed chronic stress. The brain can remain relatively healthy and function well in later life. In fact, disease is the cause of most decline that we associate with ageing. In the absence of brain disease, most people experience a general slowing in processing speed. That's due to the white matter loss, really, I was talking about. They also experience some decline in the ability to form new memories for recent events as they age. But at that, many instances that we describe as memory failures, such as forgetting where we left our keys, and then might actually, as I think I mentioned, in an earlier booster, they might actually be failures of attention rather than genuine memory failures. The effect of brain ageing on cognitive function means that it requires more effort to remember what you wanted to buy at the supermarket, for example, to process and to respond to information and also to reason your way through a problem. While it takes more time and more effort, I think we can all take some consolation in the fact that our accuracy remains the same. So it's also good to know that it's possible to compensate by practising more. So sometimes a lot of the loss that we experience as we get older is through disuse or lack of practice. So constantly engaging your brain and challenging your brain will help your performance. Vocabulary is something that tends to remain. It doesn't decline with age. So too do skills that don't rely on processing speed that we have practised for a very long time. And the good news is that some of our cognitive skills, such as knowledge and wisdom, actually improve with age. As far as I'm concerned, one of the wisest moves you can make is to start investing in your brain health. I'm guessing that you already invest time and money on keeping your body and your face looking young and healthy. When it comes to brain health, you don't even have to spend any of your hard-earned cash on reducing wrinkles, because when it comes to brain health, the more wrinkles in your brain, the better. I have lots of free resources on brain health on my website, superbrain.ie. You'll also find links to my book, 100 Days to a Younger Brain, which is lots of practical tips on how to maximise your memory, boost your brain health and defy dementia. Unfortunately, my book is not free, but I can assure you that it is a really good investment. My name is Sabina Brennan. Thank you for listening to this Superbrain Booster Shot. Why not subscribe to Superbrain on Apple, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts to have next week's episode drop directly to your inbox. Till then, take care. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.